Romans 1 from verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteous, unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but because but became futile in the thoughts and the foolish and the foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds, and four-footed animals, and creeping things. Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness, uncleanness, in the just of their hearts, to dishonor their, their bodies among themselves. Who exchanged the truth of God for, for the lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason God gave them up to vile passions. For even the women exchanged the natural use of what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of, their, uh, of the women, bound in their lust for another, for one another, men with men, committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their wrong, which was due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. Being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who, knowing the righteous judgment of God, 
But those who practice such things are desiring, des deserving of death. Not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. May God save us from this in Jesus' name. We are talking tonight, we are actually treating the topic, conscience. Conscience. You will see here in the reading that we have actually done, I mean, uh, done tonight, it talks about people who have sealed their conscience. Uh, those who have decided to shut off their conscience. And um, uh, we'll see what, you know, um, this is all about. There is no one born of God. There is no one created by God. No human being created by God that has no conscience. Everybody has a conscience. We are made body, soul, and spirit. Huh? Body, soul, or mind, and spirit. And so we see that God has given us conscience. And um, if one will actually ask you, what is conscience? What is conscience? Our conscience is our inner mind prompting to do what we think is right and to avoid what we think to be wrong. When you want to steal huh, and you look here and there before you put your hand inside that jar to take a cookie, huh, Guess what? It is your conscience that is hitting you. <laughs> but when you go there and you freely go there as if you don't know fully whether it is meant for you, you do it without what? Without any sense of, um, hey, am I not doing something wrong? You go, you go, you open it and take it, and um, ah, this thing is sweet, you know. Ah, can I take one more? <laughs> but conscience will actually make you, um, will prompt you. Uh, sometimes we say that um, I'm hearing two voices. Uh, one is saying, do it. One is saying, don't do it. Don't do it. Your conscience is at work. Your conscience is at work. It is an inner voice that is bearing witness to you, accusing you if it, is, if it thinks you are wrong or defending you if it thinks that you are right. If you hit, that, if you hit this uh, promptings, you will have a good and clear conscience. As we have in first. Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 5 says something about this. 1 Timothy 1 5 says, Now the purpose of the commandment uh, is first love from a pure heart 
from a good what? A good conscience and from sincere faith. The reason why we have commandments is actually for that. And so we see that um, if we disregard these promptings, uh, we will have a guilty conscience. We will have a guilty conscience. In other words, your conscience is like an alarm bell that God uses to wake you up to the fact that something is wrong. Something is wrong. Everybody has a conscience, but we can, uh, it, the conscience can be run by different opinions. Now, you see, uh, this one is important too. It can be faulty. Your conscience can actually run the other side on the way of, uh, outside the will of God without even you being prompted by it because it has been faulty by tradition or by upbringing or by religious beliefs. We'll, try, we'll, we'll treat this more. I hope you are following me. Are you? Okay. Our conscience cannot, uh, our conscience is not really reasonable by itself. Okay? It just point, um, prompts what is known to be right or wrong. It prompts it. And what is known to be right or wrong depends on your tradition or your culture or your upbringing or your religious beliefs. How many of us believe that, um, you know, heaven helps those who help themselves? How many of us believe that? I want to ask you, what is your background? What is your upbringing? The Muslim people believe that. Heaven helps those who help themselves. So it doesn't matter where you run, whether you run to church to find help or you run to Babalawo to find help. So far you get it, hey, who cares? I'm saying this with confidence because I know. And when they come to you and they tell you this and you buy it, Sincerely speaking, your conscience will beat you like anything unless, unless something else has happened. So we see that by itself it is not reasonable. In this, you know, we cannot try to appease it. We cannot try to buy it off. You cannot try to deny it. It can, however, it can, however, create tension. Your conscience can create tension in you to the point that if care is not taken and you continue to drive on like that, it will cause sickness or bitterness. And um, um, what we, what actually makes us to be different when it comes to the things of right or wrong, like I said, is by upbringing, by tradition or religious belief, uh, because 
It depends also on the church you attend uh, as a Christian. If you a member of um, um, what was that um, something now uh, where they break eggs on one corner of the, of the church? Select. Celestia Church. If you're a member of Select, sincerely speaking, you find not, nothing wrong as to going for juju or burying something in, on the ground and things like that. Even though this is what they, they call the name of Christ. I think we went for, uh, when we went for uh, evangelism the last time, uh, where's Dickiness Atuluku? Yes. No, somebody was telling us that they thought that we were from the Jehovah Witness people until they asked us to pray. Abi. And then we were very much ready to, to pray with them. And then he said, ah, these ones are not Jehovah's Witnesses. So, because Jehovah's Witness will not pray with you. Some of us don't know that. Abi. So we see here that you know, these things can be based on, uh, on, uh, on, on these on, on things that we mentioned. For instance, our conscience is like a computer. You can only get the right answer from the computer if you have fed the computer with information that is right. All right? Um, we did something as a church website, and guess what? It was not well done. Huh? And until we got an IT man who now programmed the thing for us, and then we can still get, we can get so many things. But the one we put there, do you know that we have not erased it? And that computer will still give you the earlier information if you press it. And then you say, ah, but this is not right. Why? Because we fed it. When people come to you and say that, ah, ah the computer can never be wrong, it's a lie. It can be wrong. If you feed it with garbage things, it will appear garbage. The same thing with conscience. Conscience. And here we see that um, we need to try as much as possible to reprogram our conscience so that it will act as a guide or compass that will point God's way each time we want to make a decision. You know, that is why in Psalm 119 verse 11, the Bible says that, hey, you, sorry, your word, huh, have I hid in what? In my heart. That I may not what? Sin against you. If you don't hide the word of God in your heart, you will sin against God. Because why? You have not fed your conscience with the word of God. The same thing is actually true of Psalm 119, verse 105. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a lamp, oh, sorry, a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We need to be very careful and to know that indeed God wants us to uh, feed our conscience with the right things. We need to let God change our conscience by his word and by allowing him to renew our minds. That also can take time. Why? 
You see, what has been planted in your heart right from young age cannot be easily erased. You have to allow it, you know, to go down. Can you actually mention some things that you used to do when you were young and you thought it was right? And now you know that, you know, you're totally wrong? I believe that you can. Now, that is what actually happens at conversion. What happens at conversion, conversion is that the Holy Spirit addresses our conscience during conversion and uh, to make us to feel guilty of what actually we've been doing wrongly before God because the truth of God is now revealed to us. By the way, you can listen to the same sermon as unbelievers and few will come out to accept Jesus while the others will do what? Will go empty. Do you know why they go empty in most cases? They have hardened their heart. There are some people that don't want any change. And this happened to a lot of Jews. A lot of Jews hardened their heart concerning the fact that you must be a proselyte if you're a Gentile before you can actually know God. And um, I said to you, when the Holy Spirit now convicts you, you will come to the realization of the, of the fact that uh, as to things regarding sin, righteousness, and judgment, as Jesus Christ told us in John chapter 16, verse 8, it was his convicting that pointed you to Christ. It was the reprogramming of the truth of the gospel fed into your life that enlightened your conscience and brought a new awareness of sin that you had not known before. Our conscience become more aware of God's way the more we let God's truth come into our lives. You see, some of us hate going to church because we believe that uh, 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 they may say something that actually would make us feel uncomfortable. But may I say this? The more you go into the word of God and you find the truth about God's way, the happier you should become. The happier you should become. Because it is then that you will be set free. You shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. But some of us will love to stay in our way and uh, not allow the Spirit of God to fill us. Um, how do we keep a clear conscience? How do we keep a clear conscience? There are four things that are important. Four things that are important in keeping a clear conscience. Let's start from our state of sinfulness. Before you can change from there to really having a clear conscience in doing good, first, you must confess your sin. You must confess your sin. 
confession of sin will make you to move from your sinful nature, nature to the consciousness of what sin can bring. There is no big sin. There is no small sin. Sin is sin. And the major thing that some of us don't know is that, you know, the worst of sinners can become the greatest of saints. Because God has proposed it to actually be in his own way. When you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse. The second thing actually is uh, trust in the promise of cleansing. Confess your sins. Then trust in the promise of cleansing. Now, some of us confess our sins, but we still carry guilt all around, along. And doubting if God would, can actually forgive us all the atrocities that we have committed. God can. And he will surely, will surely do it. I'm not saying that he will erase the consequence. I'm not saying that he will erase the consequence. No. But I know one thing. Even after bearing the consequence, if you are now saved eternally, I believe that that is worth the while. The second thing is, obey your conscience from then on. Obey your conscience. What are we saying? Huh? The Bible says in Romans chapter 6 verse 1, shall we continue in sin that grace may what? Abound? Shall we continue? And the answer was given, by no means. By no means. So, after you've come to the Lord, then start obeying God. Start obeying God. Not the traditions of men. Not what you used to know, but what you now know in the Lord. And this also will make us to put in practice James chapter 1 verse 22. James 1 22 simply says, be you doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Be doers of the word. Now that you know the truth, walk in the truth. And lastly, huh, continue to work in the light. Continue to work in the light. When you do this, you will see that you have a relationship with God because God is in the light. And those who must be his, his own children, will walk in the light. What about a hardened conscience? A hardened conscience. Can you mention one in the Bible, one, 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 one character in the Bible that hardened his conscience? Yes. Pharaoh. Pharaoh. Now, when you read the Bible and it says that uh, and God hardened his heart, huh? <laughs> As to uh, the interpretation of that, I'll leave you to it because I don't want to say that the Bible is not actually correct. Uh, but God may decide to harden somebody's heart 
Why? The person has always embarked upon negating the ways of God. And the Bible says that it's like using a hot iron to press your conscience. And therefore, you know, sometimes huh, you want to put on your, 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 your dress after the um, laundryman has, you know, washed and ironed and stashed it. If care is not taken, that dress may tear. Why? There's too much starch. And it has been ironed properly. And when you want to tear it off, you just see that the thing is tearing by itself. When you iron your, your conscience, that is what happens. It should be fluffy and um, you know, ready to absorb the things of God. But we see that we have uh, seared our conscience. That's what Paul says in First Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. Those who have seared conscience, they've disallowed the truth of God to penetrate. They have allowed their own principle, their own way to actually gain root in their heart. They will not allow for any sensible um, different opinion to enter. And some of us Christians do it. Even some of us pastors do it. Will not allow fresh understanding of God's way to actually happen. And that is why when you read the word of God, read the word of God with an open mind. And then we see that uh, when we do not allow, uh, we, we allow ourselves to willfully deny the, the ways of God out of ignorance in most cases, uh, we become, we, we, we put ourselves in dangerous position. We put ourselves in dangerous positions. You see, we make our conscience to be uh, having leprosy. You know, leprosy is such a disease that can damage your figure without pain. You see that um, the, the fingers will be going and you are not feeling pain. In fact, when they put pin in it, huh? you don't feel it. Am I right, doctor? You know, you don't feel it. The same thing is true of conscience. Some people can suppress their conscience by using um, all this um, um, weed and um, um, alcohol, you know, and so on and so forth. That is why you see some people before going for this armed robbery operation, sir, they would have smoked a lot of weed to kill their conscience. Even after doing that, they will still come back to reality. But some out of hate, out of disregard for, for God and for humanity, they have severed their conscience. Uh, your conscience is one of the most effective tools you have been given by God to help you to live in right relationship with God. Now, in, the, in Romans chapter 2, Romans chapter 2, verses 11 to 
uh, 16 that we wanted to read before that I now changed to Romans chapter 1. Uh, you will see that God, I mean Paul, was actually telling us about how God will judge those that will never be reached uh, with the gospel of Jesus Christ before they see death. Some people have died without the gospel. And some are still dying without the gospel of Jesus Christ. But before Christ will return, the Bible says that everyone that actually will be on earth will have heard about him. Now, to hear about Jesus and not, I mean, and not, and not to accept him is a different thing. It's a different thing entirely. But we call these people the unreached people. They have never heard. They have never heard on the radio and they don't even know who Jesus is because they think, you know, it's actually another name for a human being. And um, uh, this one's in Romans chapter 2, beginning from around verse 11, you know, Paul said something being led by the Holy Spirit. That because God has given everyone conscience, the conscience that actually of whatever is right or wrong in your culture becomes a law. Becomes a law. And therefore, if you negate what your culture uh, accepts as wrong, if you, I mean, if you negate what is right, you will be punished. If you do what is wrong against your culture, it becomes law to you. And therefore, God will judge you by what you know. By what you know. Now, you know that in some traditions, uh, they don't care whether you eat human beings or not. In fact, uh, in some traditions, you see some chiefs wearing their caps and putting feathers uh, inside their caps. The feather that they are, they are putting signifies something. Which actually, if you know, you will say, huh? can this one be forgiven by God ever? Yes. They don't know any better. They see their enemy as animals that they can kill. And the more you kill your enemy, the more feathers you have. Some even use the skull of their victims huh, as a way of saying, look, look at my trophy. By that, if you don't understand it, ah, you just say, ah, this ones, they don't, they can never be redeemed. It's a lie. It's a lie. They can be redeemed. Paul is actually saying, even the Jews who have been given the law may find themselves condemned by God, while those who are without law will be justified before God because they have followed what they knew to be right and wrong. Now, don't ask me as to what my stand is. I stand for, by what the Bible says. Period. Alright? 
That is why you and I have the mandate to do what? To deliberately witness for Christ. It is important. We need to let people know that the ways of God are pure. The ways of God are actually meant for our good and not for evil. And by this, we'll see that the world will know the will of God. And when we follow the will of God, we'll have peace. The um, atrocities that we are actually finding now concerning Boko Haram, you know what the news says is the latest practice of these people? When they capture young Christian girls, uh, they will torture them and then they will plant bombs on them or their bodies and make them suicide bombers. Those girls, according to what actually the news says, if even they are caught uh, before the bomb should explode and they are freed from it, will not be prosecuted because it is not you know, their will to do what they have been sent to carry out. And uh, we need not to quickly judge. In fact, the Bible says that we must not judge because only God has the right to do so. Ours is to do what is right. You have been told, oh man of God, what is right? The major right thing that you can do as a Christian is to do what? To witness. Unfortunately, a lot of us have the blood of the unsaved people in our hands. When we do this, God is going to judge us concerning that. And sometimes we have had our, our consciences seared of that truth as, as if to say ah, it is not anything in, uh, before God anyway. It is. It is. And I pray that you'll be having pricked conscience whenever you fail to witness Christ for every opportunity that, that you have so that you will not be able to sleep until you do the, the right thing. May God help us to do it right because our conscience must prompt us to do what is right before God.